Hallelujah. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for tuning back again. My name is Stephen Mannering from SR Mannering Ministries. I bless you in the name of the Lord. And before we start, I always like to try and start out with prayer because I absolutely believe that I can do nothing without the presence of the Lord and His leading and His guiding. So Father, I thank you for each one that's listening. I speak a blessing over them, O God. God, even if they just tune in for a second and tune away, God, I pray a blessing upon their lives that they would be filled with peace, with joy, uh, with just your spirit, oh God. Lord God, I ask in the name of Jesus that you help uh, lead me to teach this with clarity and authority and boldness. Oh, Holy Ghost, I just ask for uh, just for your, your guidance. In the name of Jesus, amen and amen. Well, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for tuning back in this week. And Last time that we spoke, we talked about uh, basically making the Lord a refuge, making that choice that He is going to be the one that we lean upon, and going into that place of, of prayer and leaning upon Him and understanding a little bit of what prayer is. So we talked about prayer being that, uh, that spirit of, of, of tefillah. Uh, that's the Hebrew word, so it basically means to judge. So when we go into that prayer closet, we're going to judge our hearts. We're going to uh, look at it. We're going to bring it before the Lord, and we're going to do as the Word of God says. We're going to pray that and forgive ourselves because of the blood of Jesus. So that that way, we have the ability to go and stand with confidence before the Lord Jesus Christ. And just as we ended, we talked a little bit about uh, the spirit of praise, uh, another Hebrew word, tehillah. You know, you would see that uh, within the old scriptures of um, God inhabits the praises of his people. So that word right there is the word tehillah, um, that word praise. And so that means the spontaneous praise of men. And so what we have is we've got the joining of the tefillah and the tehillah coming together. And uh, so the way I always kind of remembered it was tehillah, tefillah, tequila. Tequila is just a spirit. Get rid of that one. You don't need that one. Stick with the spirit of prayer and the spirit of praise. Amen? Amen. So we're going to lean upon the word of God right now, and we're going to dive back into what we were just talking about there before. And if you didn't listen to that, go back and listen to it. It'll kind of bring you up to speed. So I want you to go into your Bible. I read from the uh, the new, or sorry, the North American Standard Version. You can get any version. They're all great. Uh, I like to look at different versions along the way. Uh, it just gives you a little bit of um, uh, you know, it's, uh, different versions, uh, different way of saying things. Uh, so when you're when you're looking at the Word of God, you know, it all comes from Hebrew and Aramaic and Greek. And so sometimes in those translations, you get different words. So that's why I like to, to look at the different translations. It just gives you a broader view of some of the phraseology. So if you get your Bibles and you want to turn to Matthew 21 and 21, it says this, And Jesus answered and said to them, Truly I say to you, if you have faith and do not doubt, you shall not only do what was done to the fig tree, but even if you say to this mountain, Be taken up and cast into the sea, it shall happen. Verse number 22, And all things that you ask in prayer, believing, you shall receive. Now, we talked a little bit before about... Um, 
what that means to go into prayer. We want to judge our hearts. We'll make sure that we're right. We'll make sure that we've got confidence that we can stand before God. We want to recognize that prayer is something that is a verbal communication. It's not something that we're just going to have in our minds. It's something that we have to speak forth. It's something that we have to declare. And most of all, this is our relationship that we have with the Lord God Almighty. Amen? It's not something that we want to be legalistic about. It's not a formula that we want to create, not an ABC. We recognize that God is a God of pattern. If we go through a multitude of scriptures, you will see that God has patterns in the way he does things. But this is a relationship. So I'm going to say this again. God is not a formula. He is a father. And so what I want to start out is that very thing, is talking about Father. So when we look at Matthew chapter 6, Jesus tells us how to pray. And so as we begin to start out in prayer, Jesus totally changes the atmosphere of what prayer was like. Because he says, and when you pray, pray like this, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. So when we discuss that very foundation of what Jesus is starting out with, he's saying, Our Father. Well, for lots of us in 2021, we've heard that prayer lots of times over. But you have to understand that back in the day of Jesus, he was never called Father. God was always called Elohim, Jehovah, Jehovah Jireh, Yahweh. You know, he, he always had these other names. And it was always um, the sovereign God over everything. And it, it was like he was separated. But now Jesus comes and he makes a declaration that absolutely blows the minds of people that are around. Because now he's saying, our Father. And so what he's saying is, my father, you are now going to say the same thing, that I have access to him, you now are going to have access to God the Father. It's an amazing thing when we really begin to sit back and think about it, that the God of the universe wants us to go into his presence and say, our father. And so that we're not far off, and that it's not somebody that we can't go to, <laughs> In, in fear, but now we go to him with the understanding that he wants us to be there. You know, I've got three kids. Now, they're not kids anymore. They're grown, and I've got a couple of them that are married, and a couple of grandkids now, and, and I'm thrilled to death, and, and my daughter's out on her own. I'm proud of them. I love them dearly. And so, one of the things that I, I always say to them, you know what, you can call me anytime. You can come and visit anytime, and I will be thrilled to death and I will take the time to be with you because I love them and I want to be with them. It's the same thing. When you go into prayer, the Word of God says in Zephaniah 3.17 that He spins like a top over us. He's, he rejoices over you. So He's excited the fact that you're taking the time to go and be with Him. Now, we just discussed it a little bit before in Matthew 21, uh, sorry, in, um, <coughs> excuse me, in Matthew 6, that we go into that prayer time with God and we shut the door. So this is a one-on-one -on -one season that we're going to spend with God. 
And so again, we talked a little bit about uh, making a culture around us that is going to enhance that relationship. And just like an athlete would, we're going to spend that time uh, doing the things that we need to do to develop our skills, to develop our, our bodies in the way that it needs to go. In the same fashion, what we need to recognize is that our faith is like a relationship. It's like a muscle that we want to continue to build. We want to continue to exercise. And so I believe that what God has called us to do right now is to take steps little by little that are going to cause us to see the signs, the wonders, and the miracles released through us in this world. Why do I say that? Well, if we were to go to James chapter 5 and verse number 16. So if you want to get your Bibles and turn there, this is a very common scripture. But it says this. Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you might be healed. Here's a part that we hear lots of now. The effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man accomplishes much or availeth much. So we've heard that lots of times over and over and over. And so what we need to recognize is that the effectual fervent prayer, there's something that when you're speaking about fervency, you're talking about some type of intensity. You're talking about some type of passion. And so when you're going into your prayer closet with, with God Almighty, is there some portion of you that is excited? Is there a portion of you that's rising up? Is there something in there that's saying, oh, I've got to get into prayer. I'm excited about this. There's something that's happening. Do you have the focus when you're going into that prayer closet of what you're looking for? And so when you get into being an athlete, there's an intensity that they're going for because they understand that there's a prize when they get into the race. There's a trophy that they want to hold up. There's some type of accomplishment that they want to see. And so as the word of God says in the end here of James chapter 5 and verse 16, the prayers of a righteous man can accomplish much. What is it that you want to accomplish? I believe that there is a season that we are living in today that God is calling us to go out and to, to release the signs, the wonders, and the miracles in the name of Jesus by His Spirit for His honor and His glory that people might be touched, changed, and delivered, set free, healed, and saved all to the glory of God. And I believe that Jesus wants us to do that. And so what we have to recognize is that when God begins to pour out His Spirit, when God begins to move in, in miracles and in healings, they're not sovereign acts of God. God always works through people that are going to call out to Him. So I truly, honestly believe that as we take a step, the Lord takes a step with us. As we begin to speak, the Lord speaks with us. As we begin to move our hand in action and doing things, that God's hand moves along with us. But it doesn't move ahead of us. It moves along with us because God wants us to operate in Him. So I believe that this time of prayer, we need to hear what God is saying to us. How do we hear? Well, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. So it comes right back to this point. We need to get back into the Word of God. We need to take the time, no matter how much time that is, we need to take some time to develop that skill, develop that muscle. Now, I've said this before. If you were to be an athlete and you went out and you trained for 12 hours a day, one day a month, 
Man, I'll tell you, for if you didn't do that for the other 30 days or 29 days of the month, chances are by the time you got involved into the tournament, you probably wouldn't fare very well. You might not even accomplish much. Your, your gains would be minimal. Though you might practice a little bit, it's not going to be substantial. But if you were to do a little bit on a regular daily basis, what you would find is that your muscles would be trained differently. Your thoughts would be thinking differently. Your actions would operate differently in what you're doing because you've had this consistent change in your life. I believe that as you begin to exercise your faith in that same fashion, as you begin to develop that, as you begin to move in that, that what happens is God begins to pour into you and it begins to build you up. And as you begin to get built up in faith, all of a sudden you're going to start to move things that seemed impossible to move before. Why? Because there's consistency. So if you take a weightlifter and they just start and they try and lift up 400 pounds, well, chances are they're not going to be able to do that. However, I have seen a 150-pound man actually lift up and deadlift 400 pounds. How in the world did they do that? Did it happen overnight? No. It happened through consistent training over and over and over again. So I believe that there is an aspect of developing our faith, developing our prayer life, developing the structure and the culture around us that are going to cause us to be the people of God that, he's, that he wants us to be. Now, when we talk about faith a little bit, I want you to turn and I want you to go into uh, Mark chapter uh, 11 and verse number 24. And it says, Therefore I say to you, all things for which you pray and ask, believe that you have received them, and they shall be granted. Oh man, I'll tell you what, when we're talking about faith, we've got to think differently. So many times we've got this attitude of um, we're just going to go before God and we're going to lay it all at his feet and, and it's just going to be, okay, God, whatever you want there. Uh, but that's not what the Word of God is saying. The Word of God is saying that we need to believe what we're praying for. So there is an aspect of our minds being shifted, our minds being changed. The Bible says that we need our minds to be renewed by the washing of the Word. All right, so what that means is you've got to allow the Word to be poured into it. We talked about this before. You've got faith and you've got fear is the opposite. If you begin to take away the Word of God, what's apparently going to happen in your life is you'll get bombarded with everything else around it and you'll start to hear people's opinions you'll start to see things in the news you'll hear things from social media and there's going to be a lot of negativity that'll just be consistently and perpetually poured into you and so what that's going to do is that's going to cause you to become anxious it's going to cause you to become nervous it's going to cause you to doubt and so if you have more of that being poured into you than you do in faith, well, how are you expecting your prayers to be answered? It's a question that we all need to ask ourselves. And I believe that God has given me a word to release out to anybody that's going to, to listen. If they have ears to hear, oh, I pray that you hear what I'm about to say, is that God is releasing faith into our lives to see the miracles be displayed. He wants us to partner with the Holy Ghost. Why? Because the Word of God says that the same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead now dwells in us. Well, if the same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead now dwells in us, 
then that means it's the same spirit that Jesus said, if I go away, I'll send another. And if I go away, the one that he's going to send is going to cause us to do greater works. Why? Because of the spirit of God within us. It's not based on the things of this world. It's based upon the spirit of God. It's based upon him moving through us. It's based upon us stepping out in faith and recognizing that it's not in and of ourselves that we can do these things, but it is all resting in the confidence of who Jesus is in our life. And that's the amazing part about being a child of God, that it's not based upon our works. It's all based upon the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, does that mean that you're going to mess up? It means you're going to mess up at some point in time. Why? Because we're human. But that's why the Word of God says that when you go into prayer, judge yourself, forgive yourself, and then get it right with God. You know what? And then move forward so that you've got the confidence <clears throat> to go forward in the name of Jesus. And that confidence is really important. Why? Because that's going to cause you, just like Mark said, to believe because you're understanding that it's not what you're seeing in this world. It's what you're hearing by the Word of God. And that's going to cause you to see things that are different. You see, being a Christian is different than being somebody in this world. The world right now that we live in operates in total fear. That's why everything is the way it is right now. It's fear-based. And what you're going to see is a continued conflict continue to rise up because people in the church don't live by fear. We live by faith. And so there's this battle that goes back and forth over and over and over again. And so we have to recognize that we need to build our faith. And as we build our faith, we want to make sure that we're speaking in love. We want to make sure that we're speaking in mercy. We want to make sure that we're speaking in grace to everybody around us. And we want to make sure that we're speaking the positive things in life. And we're not basing it on the fear of this world. You know, the Word of God says in Psalms 91 that we choose to make the Lord our refuge. And that no disease, no pestilence shall come near us. And then he gives us the, the angels that we have charge over them. Oh, man, I'll tell you, it is awesome when you begin to think of the blessings and the promises of God. And you might say to me, well, Brother Stephen, we see this, but you know, we, we just don't see it happening with, with the church. I believe 100%. Today is a different day. And that God is shifting and he's changing the culture. And he's causing the church to, to wake up. And I believe that there is an awakening within the church like we've never seen before. And people that are sick and tired of dead religion are throwing it off. And they're saying, I don't want that anymore. But if there's a real Jesus, if there's a real Holy Ghost, then I want that. And I believe that God in his faithfulness is going to abide by his word. And he's going to release it out as he promised he would. And those that are hungry are going to be fed. Those that are thirsty are going to drink. Those that are looking are going to find. Because the Word of God says, all of those things, if you ask, he's going, to, he's going to hear you. If you knock on the door, He's going to answer. The Word of God declares it. He's not going to go back on His Word. His Word is forever and ever. Amen and amen. And if we will stand upon that and march forward by faith, we're going to receive exactly what He has planned. And I'll tell you, the plans that He has for us are good. They are for our, our well-being. They are to prosper us, not to harm us. And so if we will stand in faith, I believe wholeheartedly that the Word of God is true and that those that are going to stand with them are not going to hunger 
They're not going to be downtrodden. They're going to rise up in a victorious manner. They're going to rise up in faith. They're going to be prospering in the name of Jesus Christ, all for his glory, to see his kingdom advance in this world. Because I believe that we are living in some of the greatest days that this world has ever seen. I do believe that we are living in end times, and I believe that God in His mercy and His grace is giving us time right now to declare His word and to get things right, to get our, our, our house in order, that we might stand with Him, a bride that is pure and holy, without spot or wrinkle. Amen? Hallelujah. So, if that is the case, then I truly believe that this is a season that God wants to move us forward. If you take a look at any type of a sports game, and when you get near the end of the game, who is it that you want in the game? You want your star quarterback. You want your star running back. You want your best offensive line. You want your best defense that's out there. You want all of your best players right in that moment. And I believe that you and I are living in a season right now where God says we are his best. And it's time that we take a hold of the plans that he has for us. It's exciting to think that God is entrusting us right now with his spirit, with his word, to go forward and to declare it and to see this world touched in the name of Jesus. You know, the word of God says that at the very end, that Jesus um, declared, thine is the power that and the glory forever and ever. Amen. <laughs> but before he even says that, he's, he's finishing it off right there. But he says, Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. If his will is that the kingdom of Jesus Christ be established in this world just as it is in heaven, oh man, how are we going to do that? Well, Jesus taught us how to pray it. We just need to declare it, and we need to believe it. We need to step out in faith, and, and do the things that he's called us to do. So, if we believe by the word of God all these things without wavering, then we will see these things happen. So, I want you to turn and I want you to go into James chapter 4 and verse 15. <clears throat> Excuse me. Lots of people would say this. And it says, instead you ought to say, if the Lord wills, we shall live and also do this or do that. So lots of people have taken this verse and they've applied it to all the prayers that they've had. And they say, well, okay, I'm going to pray, but if the Lord wants this to happen, then it's going to happen. And so they've applied that all the way through. <laughs> well, that's not what the Word of God is talking about time and time again. Believing, believing, believing is where we need to get to without without wavering. So I want to talk to you about another scripture. It's in Matthew 18 and 19. And it says, if two or three agree, there he shall be in the midst. So that agreement is the word symphonia. It comes from a musical term. Uh, you might recognize it, symphony. So a symphony is multiple different parts all coming together and playing the same thing. So symphony is this one accord. There is this uh, joining of sounds. It's, 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 it's that chord when you play it on a piano. Different, different notes, all within the same chord, making a musical sound. All right? So what it's talking about is coming together and making the same sound. So I want to use this as an example for you. Somebody needs prayer. 
they, they, they have a sickness. And so you've got three individuals that, that you're going to have before you. And the first guy you say to him, okay, we're going to pray that this person gets healed. And he goes, okay, God, if it be your will, touch him, bless him, move upon his life. Okay. Next person goes, oh, Lord, I just speak your blessings upon him. I pray that you just lift him up. And the third person you have it says, oh, God, heal him totally. Right from the top of his head down to the tips of his toe. We believe it. We declare it. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. I have to ask you the question. You've got three individuals now. Are they praying the same thing? Are they in one accord? No, they're not. They're praying three different things. And so what happens is when you get people together and they start to declare God's blessings and they start to pray, we have to recognize that there is a difference in how we pray. All right? So when you begin to pray, we want to pray with faith. We want to understand the Word of God. You see, the Word of God says in the book of James that we should not be wavering. And I want to even go to, uh, I want to go to Hebrews chapter, sorry, chapter 10 and verse number 23. Bless God. It says this. It says, let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. Guys, I want to tell you something now. If we will go before the Lord Jesus Christ without wavering, well, what's wavering? Well, wavering is this up and down motion. It's this very thought process of, well, one day I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to declare that they be healed. Well, they didn't go that way, so okay, maybe it's not happening. And then you're up and then you're down, and you're up and you're down. That's the wavering part. No. We need to get to a point where we've got the utmost confidence and the confession that what we're speaking and the prayers that we're believing God for, that we're not going to waver in that, but we're going to understand that we're going to believe without even seeing it happen. That's what the book of Mark talks about. And it's important to recognize that as we move into that realm, that if we believe without seeing the miracle happen, that we thank Him like it's already done. Well, I believe wholeheartedly that there's going to be power, that there's going to be authority, that there's going to be signs, wonders, and miracles that are going to be released like we've never seen before. And I wholeheartedly believe that it's for you and I for today. The Lord gave me another verse here, and it's in Psalm 65. And if you've got your Bibles there, I want to turn it real quick. I believe that this is for the new year. And it came, and it came to me as I was meditating upon prayer. And so it says in verse number 6, Who does establish the mountains by a strength, being girded with might? Who does still the roaring of the seas, the roaring of their waves, and the tumult of the people? And they who dwell in the ends of the earth stand in awe of thy signs. And thou dost make the dawn and the sunset shout for joy. And thou dost visit the earth and cause it to overflow, and dost greatly enrich it. The stream of God is full of water, and thou dost prepare thy grains for thus thou dost prepare the earth. Thou dost water its furrows abundantly. Thou dost settle its ridges. Thou dost soften it with showers. And thou dost bless it with growth. And this is the one that really hit me. Thou hast crowned the year with thy bounty. And thy lips and thy paths drip with fatness. Oh, hallelujah. 
I believe that this is going to be a year that is crowned with the bounty of the Lord. Why? Because we are choosing to make him our refuge. Why? Because we're stepping out in faith. Why? Because we're believing for things even before they've even happened. Because we believe that God is great in all of his ways. There is no one that's lacking unto him. He is so far beyond our imagination that we just want to rest in the word of God. We want to have our minds renewed by the word of God and recognize that nothing is impossible for our God. And all the situations that are around us, we're going to change the way we pray. We're not going to say, if it happens this way. No, for the wayward child that's gone away, we're going to say, God, when they come back to you, you're going to fill them and anoint them with your fire and your power. When they bow their knee to you, you're going to let praise roar out of their mouth like never before. And I believe wholeheartedly that as we begin into that time of prayer and that season of praise, that it's going to come together. And just like Paul and Silas said, when they were locked up in that prison in, in the book of Acts, that as they began to sing that that jailhouse is going to rock like it's never rocked before. And people whose, whose lives are locked up by the devil right now are going to be released in the name of Jesus by the power of prayer and the power of praise that's going to rise up from the church of Jesus Christ. If you don't know Jesus, I'm imploring you, bow a knee to him. Call upon him to forgive you, to wash you, to make you clean so that you can join the very kingdom of God forever and ever and ever because he loves you so much. He wants to bless you. He wants to use you. He's calling you for this day and age because he loves you so much. And I just want to pray for every single person that's listening within the sound of my voice right now. Father, I pray that you would touch everyone. God, I pray that your word would rest in their hearts. God, I pray in the name of Jesus that any chain that would be around them would be broken off. And that, God, that you would free them in the name of Jesus. Any sickness, oh God, we declare healing by the blood of Jesus. God, we thank you for this. We declare it. We honor you. You are amazing, Lord, and we love you. And we bless you. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for taking the time. I pray blessings upon you. Have a great day in Jesus' name.